0: and analytics-driven business so you have a new, durable, competitive advantage against disruption in your market. So let's get right into it.
1: Eric, I'm excited to have you on the show. I believe you are actually part of Gary's mastermind at KW. You have been for quite some time now. You're a MAPS coach as well. Is that right?
2: I actually am not a MAPS coach, but um, have been working with, have had MAPS coaches. Yeah, we do some coaching internally and with some agents here locally as well.
1: Okay. Just to give us a background on today, maybe you could share with us a little bit more about the size of your team, where you guys are based, that kind of stuff.
2: Yeah. So we're based out of Indianapolis. So I've been um, in real estate since 2013, worked full-time selling paint until I um, decided to upgrade to, to real estate in 2015. Became the number one KW agent in the Ohio Valley region with Keller Williams in in 2017. Started a team the next year. Our our first year as a team, we uh, closed 240 units. uh, And then last year, did about 290. And uh, pacing for right around the same number um, this year. One of the things we've had a lot of success with is... Um, because, because my uh, career trajectory was was pretty quick as an individual agent and then starting a the team, one of the things we've had a lot of success with is um, taking brand new agents with no experience and um, teaching them how to excel in real estate and become effective in their first 12 months and then multiplying that. So um, that's been our strategy in the past and, and really where we're doubling down for the future.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's a great strategy. There are many that I know that prefer brand new agents that they can mold and shape over experienced agents that are set in their ways and don't want to be a part of the culture that you're setting as a leader. So, yeah, yeah
2: that's one of the challenges. The downside to, uh, to new agents is, is that you know one of the things is when, when you have a pattern of, of having success and building new agents from zero to, say, 40, 50 units their first 12 months, there can become a sense of ego that builds with that because uh, they, they don't realize that 40 and 50 closings in your first year is not a normal career trajectory for a real estate agent. And so um, so we've tried to figure out how to how to battle through that. And, and we think um, we're excited about a new program that we just started to try to overcome that.
1: Yeah. Okay. That's that's awesome. I, I love what you guys are doing uh, as far as You've got this immersion program where you're training them, and then you're you're basically giving them. It sounds like a career path yeah. into building them to backfill your business. And so you're you're not only training agents, you're training them to become leaders. Is that right?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So you know, I run a uh, I own a Keller Williams uh, Market Center as well. And when I look at the um, data around new agents um, when getting into real estate, you know. The average agent is making like nine thousand dollars in their first two years. and um, you know eight out of ten of them fail. And oftentimes we blame the agent for those numbers. And the reality is, in my opinion, the industry has a systemic failure around training and making agents successful when they get licensed. And so really, we've set out a mission that says, okay, we we think we have the tools, the resources, and the training to solve this problem and now let's let's prove it in in mass quantity so um we've we've worked 18 agents through our program that's been more accelerated and a little bit more um of of a high level content and then um, in the last uh, 12 months we've been working on a 36-month commitment where the first 12 months is all an educational curriculum where they're working uh, lead generation half a day, education the other half of the day. It's modeled a lot after a, uh, a what a resident would be doing while shadowing um, physicians as they work through that like fellowship uh, towards specialization. And so we've been um, trying to adopt a, a specialized career path for agents. The next two years then of that 36-month commitment, they work um, with the team as a traditional agent. And then at the end of their 36-month, um, immersion program. They then uh, can determine their career path, whether they stay on and, and then mentor agents who are backfilling the program um, to give them some leadership training and practice. They join as single agents to the KW Market Center or stay as a team agent.
1: Okay. So uh, I think it's a genius plan. Tell me about the, uh, the first 12 months. You said half of the day they're they're really learning. They're, they're basically in their internship, if you will yeah and then the other half of the day they're in production
2: yeah so we've broken it up as you know one of the problems that i have with our industry is, is that there are so many ways that you can do lead generation you know if you if you google there's probably 120 130 sources for ideas on where you can generate leads and the problem is is that i find the agents have no clear blueprint and therefore they try as many things as they can until they eventually fail out. So um, we've, we've determined a clear path through curriculum and through weekly testing, daily reporting, monthly um, modules that they have to complete. And so like month one, for instance, on the lead generation portion would be circle prospecting. So the only thing we're going to do for the first uh, 30 days of their training program would be teach and train on the tools they need and the conversations and fundamentals of lead generation and then the lowest converting lead generation portion of the industry is circle prospecting. So uh, we want to take them as as newbies and, and put them out onto circle prospecting rather than pairing them with the expensive leads. Um, and then they're going to kind of work themselves up through that conversion rate as they go throughout the 12 month uh, cycle. So in the second half of the first year, they're working with um, real estate tax Uh, strategies or wealth building strategies through investing in real estate or uh, how to work with a downsizing buyer while also uh, working with a seller on a price reduction. Some of the more challenging aspects of the business that some agents never learn. And yet we believe that if we can teach them to be well-rounded, well-educated agents, that they'll have a long-term career in the industry.
1: Yeah, I totally agree with everything you're saying. As far as getting agents to be successful, if they join, in my opinion, if they join the right team, they will become successful. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, <clears throat> there's almost not an option. If if they're not going to be, they'll weed themselves out very very quickly.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And that's what we found. You know, we, of, of the 18 that we've put through, we've uh, attempted with 19. So we've had one that, that we selected to get out of business with. Um, otherwise, you know, our agents average 38 transactions. Those 18 agents uh, that have been through the program average 38 transactions in their first uh, full 12 months of operating in the industry. And so, you know, the data says that if you do the right activities, enough time with the right people, the right accountability and the right team, It really is a no-fail proposition.
1: Yeah, so they're doing 38 transactions. Are you saying in the first 12 months or are you saying in the 12 to 24-month period?
2: So it would be in the 12 to 24 because in this full-year program, they're not actually working with clients on their own. They're setting appointments, handing them off, and serving as an intern capacity. Now, in the past, we've done it in a six-month role. And then so the first 12 months, they've been out in the field with customers. That's their average.
1: Okay. Then those are phenomenal numbers. I mean, to have a team, any team producing at 38 transactions per agent yeah, is incredible. So you said if, as long as they do the activities, they're going to be successful. How do you get them to do the activities?
2: <laughs> uh, psychological warfare. Uh, I, you know, I, I think um, that's one of the challenges is, is, is truly, it is, it's understanding every person. And then realizing that what works last month to get your agents motivated and excited to go out and and, um, do the daily activities may not work this month, which means we may need a different approach. And and that's where, um, you know, I I heard uh, your wife talk about having the benefit of a lot of mindset training. So we do a lot of mindset training and coaching, We have one-on-ones with all of our agents each week around their thinking around what their limitations are as far as self-imposed limitations Mm -hmm. and then what their activities look like so as long as as long as we're staying close and in dialogue with our with our agents and knowing what may be going on in their personal life and in their professional life we can usually help them maintain that focus and then sometimes you know i'll i'll poke them and annoy them to do the activities and then sometimes I'll give them space. We may run contests. We we may, you know, do partnerships. It's throw the book at them and try to understand who they are and what motivates them. I wish so every,
1: were- every, month, every month you you feel the same way as most, it sounds like. Every, oh, really? every month you're starting over having to get creative on how to how to motivate your agent. Yeah.
2: And, and that's really where that's where that's the really the basis of where we we started the program was is that what keeps me up at night is not the challenge of selling real estate it's the challenge of not wanting my job back of going out and selling real estate and so I realized that in our industry when the average agent stays with the team two and a half years that I'm really a college recruiter I, I might as well be coach K or John Calipari because every three years I have an entirely new roster based on the data in our industry. And so I realized that my job is actually just recruiting and multiplication of, of agents. And, and so I've made peace with that and, and realized that then the core competency is going to find agents and every week it is, it is re-motivating and re-engaging them.
1: Yeah. So your job is number one, recruiting number two, Motivating your agents, yeah, yeah, uh, and and of course training them and getting them to yeah. that level, yeah. yeah. So uh, share with us some of the ideas that you've found to be effective ways to motivate agents.
2: Well, one of the things that I like to do personally is I like to um, teach a lot of thinking strategies. So when when I'm looking for personality traits or what a um, what an agent who succeeds in our system looks like or sounds like, one of the things I really look for is problem solving. So how well is someone able to strategically think through a unique situation? And are they willing to um, look at something a totally different way? And, and that's because right now, real estate, as you know, is moving at this like rapid rate where 2020 is who knows what's tomorrow. And that requires um, agents who are willing to let go of everything that used to work for them in order to adopt something new that works this week for that market of the moment. And so knowing that I like problem solving agents, I usually will give them problems to solve as a way of motivating them. So some of those problems might be, hey, I noticed that your teammate was was not motivated this week. Why don't the two of you pair up and you teach John Doe about your open house strategy and go work in open house with him this weekend. Or why don't you partner with another agent who um, may not be hitting the numbers and your challenge this week is to get results out of our underperforming agent. And so knowing um, how are the ways that we can both simultaneously build culture and give our agents the ability to display some early signs of leadership uh, is kind of one of the things that we try to do on a, on a regular basis. And then, You know, a lot of it is unpacking what holds people back. We all have our own um, head trash. And the more that I can help them unwind their head trash, the more effective they are. And that usually leads to motivation. Because when they realize how much I care, the pressure of them not showing up and doing the job means they're letting me down. And most of the time, all of us will do a lot more for other people than we'll do for ourselves. And so we have have that culture internally uh, significantly with the team.
1: Yeah. That's the one-on-one training like that. I think is probably something that every team could do more of. And it's such a great idea to, it, it gives you leverage as well. At the same time, you're teaching them to become leaders. So,
2: yeah. I mean, it, listen, it takes a lot of time. You know, that's the reason why, you know, when I started and, uh, building a team, we didn't have regular meetings. We didn't run a regular schedule with um, one-on-one coaching appointments. I'm not even sure if we met as an operations team on a regular basis to talk about where we were going as a company. And so, arguably, one of the most effective things that we've done is have meetings. And and that's where CSU comes into play, right? Is because every every week at our at our all team meeting, you know, we're we're putting up the the dashboard. Of where we are, that agent accountability report shows up that says, "Hey, um, Jane, you may uh, you logged three days last week. Everybody else logged five. Were you on vacation the other two days, or what got in the way? Did your phone break down? Do we need to start a GoFundMe to help you get a new smartphone so you can log your activities? What What was it? And and so we're reminding them that what what we give energy to." Um, our agents also give energy, to. And so I give energy to showing those numbers um, on a weekly basis. So we we have them prepared uh, publicly and then privately, of course.
1: Yes. So you meet as a team once a week and then you meet individually with one on ones once a week. Is that how you do that?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Monday mornings we meet as a team and that's really a kind of a market update slash thinking lesson, sales lesson for the entire company, including our admin.
0: If you've been enjoying Grit, please help us continue to grow the channel by leaving a five-star review and sharing it with a friend. Now back to
1: Grit. And then are you doing all of the one-on-ones or do you have agents who are moving into leadership roles assist with that? Or how do you do that?
2: Yeah, so our operations director takes a portion of them and then I take um, a portion of them. So um, some of our higher producers are the ones that have the leadership capabilities or the what well, looks like uh, will move into that position from a results standpoint. I'll take their one-on-ones.
1: Okay, let's talk about recruiting for a minute because it seems to me, well, number one, you've done a phenomenal job of it. Number two, though, seems to me it would be really difficult to recruit agents and talent when you're saying you're not selling real estate for the first year. I mean, I think this program you're doing, it sounds amazing. However, mm-hmm. it sounds to me like that's a, that's a real challenge to recruit into that. And I could be wrong. So just for people out there looking at how are you doing this? Number one, how do you recruit into that? But number two, what is your recruiting strategy with that being such an important part of the business? As you said, you are a college coach yeah. recruiting constantly. So what's your strategy around that?
2: Well, I think there's a couple of things. One, you have to be non-negotiable on who you will and will not be in business with. And so because we're clear on who we won't be in business with, it, we're, we're clear on who we will be in business with pretty easily. So, you know, one of our hard, fast rules is we don't negotiate commission, period. And if, if commission is a reason and by commission, I mean, uh, you know, splitting internally as a team is a non-negotiable conversation. Um, if that's what limits us or um, we spend a lot of time and energy on, we know we're just not a good fit because I need people who understand the difference between value and price. If we can get you to 40 plus units every year, we'll we'll likely never talk about what a splitting and capping policy looks like. So we're really clear that when when I meet with someone, um, they need to be abundant thinking. They need to understand that they're investing in themselves when they join the company to be a part of a program in which as long as they follow the blueprint and the model, that they'll find success that they desire. And so what we're looking for is agents who understand that It's it's really a one year commitment and all things considered, you know what um, we've kind of had this limiting belief concept of what people will and won't do for a short period of time. And and a lot of that depends on how big of a picture you paint for them. And how much of a vision have you delivered to them that makes it worth them committing to 12 months? And it's only 12 months. If we can make it through 2020, anyone can make it through whatever that 12 month period is. Right. And so um, we're just we look at like doctors do this. Right. And the reason why physicians agree to do this grueling residency period or Navy SEALs agree to do a grueling training period is because of the payoff. You know, I, I pledged in the fraternity and it sucked. And I knew that when that semester was over, so was everything that came with ship. And so I could grind it out through um, long enough to the end date. And so knowing that we want to be in business with people who, who think big enough to understand the value proposition helps. How do we recruit them? Well, that's a totally different thing, because for us, what we've done is really try to be public about what our culture and values look like so that people know going in, here's who I'm meeting with, here's um, how they think, how they act, how they talk, and what they expect of me. And we're just not even going to sit down together if that message doesn't resonate. So I'm doing podcasts, doing video, social media posts, almost all of our uh, media focuses on our culture and our way of thinking and acting.
1: Okay. So it sounds to me like, You're not one that goes to schools to recruit. You're basically putting it out there on podcasts. You're adding value to the community and you're attracting. My guess is these people are just attracting and they're coming to you rather than you going to them. Is that is that a fair statement?
2: Yeah, that's largely true. Now, we are actually going to school to schools now and recruiting. Because one of the things we did during you know, the initial stages of the pandemic, as our competitors pulled back, we actually pushed forward. So um, we hired three recruiting companies to go out and, and actively recruit agents and sales professionals from other industries so that we could backfill a pipeline. So we're working through a pretty substantial pipeline of, of people who've raised their hand with um, interest in getting into the um, industry. And so we are working just off the like school graduate list or off of something like a wise hire or um, some of the third party recruiting companies. And
1: if you're you're hiring a third party recruiting company in the, in the software world, like I would be paying them 20% of whatever their salary is when they come in for that recruit. How does that work in real estate when, when you're, you're bringing someone in who's 1099, and I believe that's how you're doing it. Or you yep. actually bring in W2s.
2: Yeah, we bring them in as 1099s. Um, so one of the things that we've done, especially this year, was realize that uh, the recruiting industry was not exactly thriving in April and May, and so we were able to uh, negotiate some different deals where it was, hey, for an upfront fixed amount, this is what we'll pay you to recruit in one person, and then. If, um, if you don't like that upfront, fix them out. If they survive 90 days, then we'll increase it because it's no risk to us. So mm-hmm. take the guarantee smaller amount or take a larger amount and the lead stays for 90 days.
1: OK, so you negotiated that March, April, May. Is that something that they're still willing to honor? Do you think do you think if I if I went and negotiated that today I would have a shot of getting a company like that to agree to that?
2: Yeah, we've had, we've found success for the last couple of years um, ranging anywhere from you know somewhere between 6 and 10,000s kind of been the going rate. Okay. And and I don't I mean we've had we've had good success with that and then we've had mixed results going that direction truly it is it is like real estate it is a numbers game right it's just how many how many listing appointments with people you want to be in business with are you going on every day yeah and and that determines the type of quality you get and we've had some great candidates that that you know maybe didn't work or you know there's there's outside influences from a unemployment standpoint that that make it a little bit challenging to hire right now as well but um, but we're starting to see a big release of real estate school graduates here in the
1: last probably 30 days, 45 days. Everybody everybody wants in.
2: Yeah. And the schools were closed for so long. So yeah. anybody who wanted in in the last six months wasn't able to go take their test in person or their class in person. And so now we've had this just sudden surge of agents um, that are getting licensed all of a sudden.
1: Yes. So, that's your primary responsibility. Are you measuring that? Are you using the CSU recruiting to measure that as your agents are measuring their productivity, or are you not um, even familiar with that? Or yeah, I, I am it? familiar,
2: and I, I'm um, I'm more do what I say, not what I do, because I'm not effectively using it. Let's put it that way. I, I've been logging some of them. I don't have them all logged though.
1: Okay. What about SOI? It seems to me you have a culture of you seem to have this culture of Hey, you really want to be a part of this, and so I would think that your people who are in their first twelve months are probably helping you do recruiting with their contacts. is Is that something you're finding is effective?
2: We found the most, probably the most effective thing for recruiting is actually my own SOI and past clients. Our, our past clients have probably been our best source of recruiting leads, whether that's um, the clients themselves or um, somebody that that they're you know in in relationship with. And so we realized that we probably were missing a large portion of potential by not marketing our openings to our database. So we've started doing that in the last 60 days uh, more aggressively because you know I'll go through my Facebook list and just start like writing out names of somebody who I'd be willing to be in business with. Do I think they're sales or do I think they're operations? And then having a conversation around, you know, what opportunity looks like for that person.
1: Yeah. It just sounds like I mean, marketing, everyone's marketing to their database, but are they marketing job opportunities to their database? Exactly. Probably not. Probably not. That's yeah. a great idea.
2: And that's the problem is, is that marketing for the most part as real estate agents is pretty boring. And, you know, no one cares about your recipe card and and the fact that it's fall or winterization time. But, you know, they do care about refinancing their mortgage or they care about how they can not pay real estate taxes like Donald Trump or how they can potentially get a new career if they've lost their previous job. And so we're we're mindful on ensuring that we send out value added items, including including recruiting.
1: Yeah. Okay. well. Uh, it's been great, Eric. Just getting to know you. Um, yeah, thanks, I've heard a it. lot about you. Is there anything that you'd like to leave us with that you just feel is is a crucial thing to be doing to, to know, prepare for next year?
2: You know, I think one of the challenges that I have, and and I see most agents have, is is we there is so much available from a technology standpoint and from a from an industry education standpoint that oftentimes we end up complicating the business. It truly is simple. It is meeting humans and adding value to people, and and everything else becomes um, tracking and measuring and complications. And so that's one of the things that I love about Cisu is the ability to see at a very simple glance what are the actual numbers and transparency of our business. No stories, nothing more than the actual data itself, and the simplicity of the business what it was intended to be. So,
1: yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it, it is really that simple. And to add to what you said, you said no stories. And yeah. I think that's the critical piece of doing one-on-ones is that your one-on-ones are numbers-based, not drama-based. That's right. Uh, yeah. So anyway, right. Eric, it's been great. Uh, congratulations on all of your success. Thank uh, you. You're, you're crushing it. Thank keep it going. I love uh, love being a part of it. And uh, we'll we'll keep our eye on you. Awesome.
2: Thanks so much. Appreciate
0: the
1: invite. Yeah. Thank you, Eric.
0: Thank you for joining us on our podcast. If you have an interest in a free seven-day trial of Sisu, go to sisu.co, S-I-S-U C-O. Make sure that you use the coupon code GRIT, that's G-R-I-T, to waive all your set of fees and receive a 10% discount on your subscription. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast and want to subscribe, search GRIT. The Real Estate Growth Mindset on iTunes, Spotify, or Podbean. And with that, we'll catch you next time. Take care.